0: Synthetic, artificial, or false. The root meaning of false is to deceive. When you deceive somebody you intentionally mislead him or her. You hide the truth. Now keep in mind, we're talking about people that are false. And on this special day, Mother's Day, you have some false mamas. Woo! Deceptive. Misleading. Mothers. That will try to hide the truth from their... Their children. Who my daddy, Mom? Son, go at your daddy. Yeah, but who my natural did, it? mom? Son, that's complicated. <laughs> Mama, I thought you didn't have no money. How you buy that, and you didn't have no money? There are some deceptive moms, yeah, that will lie to their children and have their children thinking one thing when if the truth be told is it's something else. I've known children to have a good daddy, but that bad mama would put down that good daddy. Just false. But on the other hand, you, you have some real mamas. Let's give the real mamas a hand of praise. Your mama conforms to the truth. And what that says from a biblical standpoint is she operates in freedom. Because John eight thirty one and 32 says in part you'll know the truth. And the truth will make you free. And some of us Know what it is to be free. Know what it is to live life without having to lie or to be deceptive. Nothing like the truth. And again, that's what real mamas conform to the truth. You don't have to hide it because you're free. You don't have to lie to your child. What? You're, you're free. You can tell them the way it is and, and you can also prophesy and speak good even though at the time it's not good. But that's only if you conform to the truth. Because when you conform to the truth, you basically think truth, talk truth, and operate in truth. And truth is very powerful. Very powerful. The reason our lives are as good as they are as Christians, is because of the truth. The reason we don't have to do what we used to do is because of the truth. Don't have to live no deceptive life. Don't have to cuss folks out to treat us bad because of the truth. And so I want to show you just a few things in reference to the truth. So you can really understand how profound it is. Let's, let's go to the book of, uh, what well, the same book, Proverbs. Let's go to the 12th chapter. Proverbs, the 12th chapter. I know y'all going to stay with me, right? Proverbs 12 and 17. He who speaks truth declares righteousness. But a false witness deceit. And so when a real mama speaks, she's just going to be honest. Mama, who is my daddy? You know that man who come by here all the time and always begging. and that's your dad. That's your dad. And baby, I want you to do something for me. I want you to learn not to be like your dad. Matter of fact, baby, I'm going to teach you now dead. But then on the flip side of that, that man who makes sure you you get what you need, that's your daddy. The one I call Harry. That's your daddy. And he not here, but he makes sure you get your tennis shoe. He makes sure you you are able to participate in sports and do all that you need to do. Son, you got a good daddy, even though he's not here with us. And you can learn things from your dad. When you're a real mama, you just declare was right. You just tell it like it is. Let's go further. Let's go to um, Proverbs 22 and 21. Notice this. And consider the the wording of this verse very carefully as I read. That I may make you know or recognize the certainty of the words of truth. That you may answer words of truth to those who sin to you. Now, The primary thing that I want you to get out of Proverbs 22 and 21 is that first clause. That I may make you know the certainty of the words of truth. When it comes to truth, truth is certain or is guaranteed. When you speak the truth, especially in reference to God's word, it's a guarantee that it's going to manifest according to what is written. If God tells you ask and it shall be given, you ask. And then set back and wait on God's time. And watch God do what he promised. Watch God do what he said. If God said he'll save you, he'll clean you up, he'll sanctify you. Ask him to save you. Ask him to sanctify you. Ask him to clean you up and just sit back and wait. And some of us are living witnesses. We ask God to clean us up. And look at the job he did on you from the floor up. Woo! Say to your neighbor God did a number on me. Tell him I ain't always had clothes that you see me in right now. And always had fresh breath. And always look as nice as I look right now. It wasn't nobody but Jesus that cleaned us up. He told you the truth. I'm going to make you such and such. And and in time, did he do it? I'm going to help you better than you help yourself. I'm going to help you better than anybody has ever helped you. Did he do it? Some of us the only reason we we graduated was because God helped us. You didn't study right for the test, but God had mercy on you in your past. You was happy about that 71. I said you was happy about that 71. How many can remember, you just wanted a car. It wasn't nothing special. You just wanted a car because you were tired of walking. Credit jacked up, but God made sure you got a car. And you were riding in a clunker, but you were still happy. But who put you in that car? Who made it happen for you? Truth. Is guaranteed. I tell you, look, everything the Bible says works because I'm a product of the Bible. I I say, look, I can take you to other folks that are products of God's word. They will tell you point blank what happened to them and they will give you scripture to back it up. The best thing you can ever do for yourself Is allow truth to create you anew. Won't he make you new? Because truth is not just something we speak. Truth is a person. Jesus said to folk in John 14 and 6, I am the way. Then he said, secondly, the truth. I'm truth. Jesus will change your life for the better. If he did it for you, put your hand up and say he did it. (laughs) Wave that hand and say, thank you for doing it for me, Lord. But let's consider one more thing about truth before I move on. Let's go to Proverbs 23 and we want to consider verse 23. Proverbs 23 and 23. Now, this is something right here. Proverbs 23 and 23. Buy the truth and do not sell it. I'm going to stop right there. (laughs) Buy the truth and do not sell it. I'm giving you truth and I ain't even charging you. But I wouldn't be wrong if I charge it because it's ain't by the truth. And do not sell it. That's something valuable. It is it, is really more than valuable, It's priceless. Buy the truth. And don't sell it. Just Hold on to it. Let me tell you how how valuable truth is. The most powerful enemy of God tries to steal truth from you every time you get it. Who is that enemy? The devil. Say. And the enemy will go to the extreme to try to get truth from you. God can tell you a truth such as I came that you might have life and that more abundantly. John 10.10 the first, first clause. But then the enemy will come after you get that word that God wants you to have a a blessed life and abundant life and trying to steal it from you That's reading that same verse, John 10, 10. He went on to say, but the thief comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. I'm telling you, God drops a rhema in us week in and week out. But, Often before we can leave the church, the enemy done already tried to steal it. God tell you, he going to change your situation. Before you even get to the house, the enemy trying to get you to not believe the truth. He trying to take from you what this verse, Proverbs 23 and 23 says, buy it and don't sell it. And, And some of us just give it away. If God bless you with a million dollars right now, and I tried to take it from you, even though I'm the preacher, would you put a whipping on the preacher? <laughs> Don't lie in church now. Would you put a Would you put a whipping on the pre- Would you grab a stick and say, Look, preacher? Watch yourself. Say to your neighbor, You will fight the preacher over a million dollars. Yeah, you say, I honor you, pastor. I appreciate you, pastor. Yeah, but if God gave you a million and I tried to take that million from you, you get a stick, a rock, a belt, a gun, or something. And you may even cuss me out if I try to take it from you. You know how folk are when it comes to money. And as nice as it is to have a million dollars. It's not as valuable as the truth. Because see the truth. The truth will cause you not only to get a million but to go beyond a million dollars. Buy the truth and don't sell it. That means every time God drop a rhema in your spirit, you should guard it with your life. I ain't going to let the doctor take this. I ain't going to let the lawyer take this. I ain't going to let my coworkers take this. And I ain't going to let my crazy spouse take this. No, my boyfriend or girlfriend, I'm going to hang on. To what God gave me, Sunday. The truth is valuable, and again, truth equates Jesus or God, and it'll make you free. And so when it comes to a real mama, she gonna utter truth. That which is valuable. And that's what we have here in Proverbs 31. We got a real mama. I said a real mama. And, and amazingly, Solomon, the writer of Proverbs, he He talks about a real mama, but he talks about it in a unique way. Because notice he he talks about the son of this real mama and refers to him as King Lemuel. It's a symbolic name for Solomon. One reason I believe he he used it is that it was something that his mama called him when he he was young. But another reason I believe he uses the name is because of the meanings of Lemuel. First meaning, dedicated to God. Now, from a mama standpoint, one thing a mama gonna do even if the daddy don't want to do it. A, a mama, especially a Christian mama, we got to dedicate this baby to God. Yeah, I'm gonna talk to the preacher, but we gotta dedicate this baby to God. If third Sunday alright for you in, in April, if third Sunday alright for you in April, that's when we gonna dedicate our baby to God. Understood the significance of Dedicating a child to God. The significance of making sure that the oil of God was placed upon the child's head, hand, and feet. And then the declaration of the promises of God. Keep in mind I'm talking about a real mama gonna make sure that her baby is prayed for. But the meaning of Lemuel is also devoted or committed to God. And when you look at the life of, of Solomon Especially in his early years, he was sold out to God. He was born, more than likely, a multimillionaire, if not a billionaire. He he was born into money. David was already possessing tons of, of money, tons of property, and so forth. So when he was born, even though he had many siblings, he was born as a millionaire. But what Solomon did, he he, he said, Lord, what I need from you is wisdom in order to guide your people. I need wisdom in in order to tell them what you would have them to do and not to do. God turned around and said, because you asked me for wisdom, because you desire knowledge and understanding, I'm going to give you that, but I'm also going to bless you beyond measure. Again, already a multi now but then God said, I'm going to bless you beyond measure. We hear about folks being uh, trillionaires, zillionaires, and so forth. You, they probably didn't even have a word to Back then, nor a word to this day that would describe how much Solomon possessed. The richest man you know would only have a drop in the bucket compared to all that God blessed Solomon wealth. Why would you say that? Because can't nobody but nobody bless you like Jesus I said can't nobody but nobody bless you like Jesus. And so, that was the meaning of his name. A person that was dedicated to God, but a person that was also committed to God. But like all of us, he did fall short. He fell short. He messed up. But the wonderful thing about him is that even though he messed up, he came back to God. He came back to, to God. And one thing that he mentions that, that, that's very important in the text is that not his daddy, David, King David. But he say his mama. His mama. Taught him. His mama. Instructed. or train. Him. Mama, you got to do that with your children. You got to train your children. I, I know in our day and time. Mama want to be best friend with that child, but I, I want to say this: I want to put it on record. You messing up? Yeah, me and my daughter, we best friends too. You messing up? You messing up? You don't need to, you don't need to be no best friends with your child. That's not what God ordained. God ordained for you to. Teach, instruct, or train your child. Let me prove it in Scripture. Proverbs 22 and 6. Go there with me. Y'all stay with me. I'm almost done. I just need you to be attentive just for a little, little longer. You have heard that song, Hold on a little while longer? That's what I need you to do right now. Just hold on for a little while longer. Proverbs 22 and say, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Notice when he is old, he's not he will not depart from it. See, see, a child has to go through what I call a dumb period. A being dumb period. Don't even act like that. Some of us went through that dumb period. Well, despite what your mama taught you and so forth, you had to get involved in the dumb stuff. Don't take my word, just ask somebody, that you get involved in the dumb stuff coming up? Keep in mind, you in church, don't you lie in church, you know you got involved in all that dumb stuff. Mama told you not to touch that, not to drink that, but then I want to taste it. They say it makes you feel good. I just want to taste it. I just want to puff, puff, just to look. And you got involved in all that dumb stuff. I know I did. Woo! Good God, I got involved in some dumb stuff. See, y'all trying to. I don't have no idea what he's talking about. Um, I have always followed. The directions of my mother. I I was raised in the church. Uh huh. Yeah. And if we ask God to show everything you done did right now, what would we see? What would we see about you? You want everybody to think you ain't never done nothing, but it is something. You can't say that, preacher. Yes, I can. Because the Bible says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. She taught him. She taught him. And, and notice Solomon, he's so wise, He said, if they depart, they'll come back. You got to teach them so So when they get to going through all that dumb stuff to where one day they're going to say, oh, good God. If I would have just did what mama told me. And whenever you do that dumb stuff, but then it comes to you. If I would have just did what mama told me, it's not too late. At that moment when you realize you should have listened to your mama fall down on your knees. Ask God to forgive you. Get up. Go to your mama and say, mama, I was wrong. As three left shoes. I was wrong, mama. I see what you told me coming up. It was the truth. And I just want you to know because I done made up in my mind. I'm going to do the truth. But you got to train them, mama. If you don't train them, this ain't going to happen. If you just let your child run wild, if you just let your child get into anything he or she desires to do, this right here is not gonna happen. When all is said and done, your child is going to lift up his or her eyes in hell. You don't want your baby to go, to go to hell. So train them right. But get this in order for you to train them right, you gotta get right. I said in order for you to train them right, you got to get right. 40 and 50 and still doing that dumb stuff. Come on now. You done had your little fun. Come on. And I know that wake up call and came to you that you just need to do the right thing. Go ahead and repent. Do the right thing. Quit trying to make happen things that you desire on your own and just trust god and watch him do it the bible says he'll do exceeding abundantly above more than what you can ask him or what you think let him do it for you don't keep doing the dumb stuff be that example mama for your children Amen? Amen and he remembers three things, in particular, that his mama called him. Notice. the first thing is my son, my son not my best friend. My son. You my child. You may think you're grown because you taller than me, wider than me. You my child. You my son. And then, then notice the next thing that, that he mentions. The son of my womb. You were conceived in my uterus. Your origin is right here. Matter of fact, for you got out and ate your first cheeseburger, side of fries and a Coke, I was nurturing you on the inside. You are the son of my womb. Don't think you can just do what you want. I was the first one that made sure you got something to eat. And it was happening while you were on the inside of me. You were in my womb. And then the final thing she calls him is the son of my vows. Get this. A vow is a promise that you make to do or not to do something. Now because we're talking from the Bible, this particular vow or what is said here has to do with a promise to God. And the Bible says it's better not to vow to God than to vow to him and break it. She was letting him know I told God such and such about you and I ain't going to break my vow for your man self. That's what they used to call you when you, you would do that crazy stuff. That that, that boy ain't nothing but man Watch this. How many? I got to go to the old folk. Now, we're not, I ain't going to call you old. I ain't going to do that. that. You might get upset with me. But I got to go to folk that's at least 40 or older that remember that word manage. Put up your head and, and, and just, if you remember that word Ooh, That's going to be a tough question, but we got to find out. We got to find out. How many of you, your mama ever call you manage? Oh, Jesus, the preacher's hand is up. But look around. You don't just stare. I can't believe the preacher. And look, I ain't always been no preacher. You got to understand that. But look around you. You need to get your man himself in this house. I can see in your eyes. You ready to sing. Get your man himself in this house. She was determined to keep the vows that she had made to God concerning her child. She was determined. And see, as a mama, a real mama, you have got to be so committed right for your children. You got to be committed to telling them what's was right. I used to tell this little girl that uh, was in the house with me, you can get mad all you want, but you ain't going to such and such. Go ahead and get mad. Cause see, in my house, it it was um, the lady that lived with me, she was the friendly person of the house. (laughs) And whenever the child that was in the house wanted to appreciate and compliment somebody, it would always be the female in the house. I was the villain in the house. I just thank God for my mama. Because see, mama would let certain things slide. Woo, let me just get off that. But when you are a real mama, and she was a real mama. Let me just put, it, put that out there. She was a great mama. But we didn't always agree on the same thing. I'm just going to say that. Listen to me, you have to tell your children the truth and have to be committed. Lord, I said I was going to raise this boy right. He ain't doing right right now. But Lord, I'm just going to keep giving him the word. And that's what you have to do. I'm going to keep telling him, Lord, he out there selling that dope. And I know he think I don't know he's selling that dope, but I know he's selling that dope because I saw them little pills. I saw he done stole one of my one of my little jaws and he got all that green and red stuff in there mixed together. That ain't nothing but that dope. I had a whole four years That's just that dope. I see your eyes. Your eyes ain't got no business being that red. You on that dope, ain't you? I taught you better than to get on that dope like that. That's how my mama used to talk to me. You need to leave that dope alone, boy. You need to leave that dope alone. That dope ain't going to turn out nothing good for you. And she was sure right. Good God, she was sure right. But again he remembered that she referred to him as her son the son of her womb and the son of her vows but then he specifically refers to two things that his mama told him i'm gonna deal with this and i'm gonna be done gonna get a little touch just tell your neighbor say hold on on. it's finna get a little touch and keep in mind this is a woman talking Or what a son is talking about what his mama said he dropped he he drops that his mama said don't you give your strength he didn't say to a woman, to women. Don't you give your strength to women? And see, this is what caused Solomon to backslide. That's the reason he talked about it. Because, see, Solomon ended up having, having hundreds of wives. Yeah, I said that right hundreds hundreds of wives, and, and, and had thousands of concubines. I don't know how he did. I, I don't know. Don't even look at me like, how he, how he do that? I don't know. I, I don't know. Hey, I don't know. That, that man had to have a pile of money to take care of him. But, but notice, don't you give your, your strength to women. Don't you allow your women to don't you allow women to take your power. Don't allow women to drain you. He said women. But some of us have allowed one woman to drain <laughs> us. Yeah. Woo! Brother, look at another brother and say, Have a woman ever drained you before? <laughs> oh, you might your man today, so you just don't want to even come clean. Calls you to do what I done told you not to do. Don't give a woman your your strength. Strength, in one sense, means his, his resources. What you have been blessed with. Don't allow women to take all that from you. In in Solomon's case, he, he had been blessed with wisdom that there was only one God. One God. Jehovah. Yahweh. The one that was is, and always will be. He was blessed to know that there was one God. But then he got to see in beautiful women. Women would come from all over the world just to, just to see him. And you know if they're going to come from all over the world just to see him, when, when they finally get there, they may take four, five days getting dressed, perfume, makeup. Attire, everything, boom, right. <laughs> you know how your wife and go to the beauty pall and, and, and stay a few hours and come back, you'd be like, oh, good God, you look good. Can you imagine a woman staying staying somewhere four, five days and got about 15, 20 folk just working on her from her crown to the sole of her feet, trying on 20 and 30 dresses to make, make it. Sh- what well, they said, his favorite color is red. And, and so she get everything red she can find. He had people coming to him from all over the world. And when they would come before him, they would just drain him. Take from him. They would do exactly what his mother told him not to allow them to do. And before you know it, he started worshiping other gods because of other women get this he had so much money to where it, it was one woman he, he, was, he was so in love with this woman to where he said I'm not only going to give you a house but I'm going to build a temple so you will have somewhere to go worship the God you love Built her a church and she was the only member of the church just so she could go there and worship God. And then built gods. For her God. I mean for her to worship. Because some of the women that he, he, he dealt with were polytheistic. They didn't only believe in one or two gods. They believed in five, six gods. And so we we'll build them a temple. Just draining him. When try to tell him you need Jesus, no. Fine as you are, if that's what you want to worship, you go right ahead and worship. But remember, I'm the one that built the temple fire. They drain him. And, and see, brothers, what that says to us is that you cannot allow. A woman to stop you from loving your God. <laughs> Brother, don't ever get to the point if, if you're not saved, you, you say, well, if, if my wife or my girlfriend gets saved, I'm going to get saved too. That means you, you're not really in love with Jesus, you're just doing it because of that woman. Too. And I've seen folk that, that they come to church because their woman come to church. But when that woman leave church, they leave right behind that woman. Simply because their love for God was not authentic. It was not real. But the Bible says you, when it comes to salvation, you have to work out your own soul. Salvation. If my wife decides this evening at 4 o'clock, keep in mind, this evening at 4 o'clock, tell somebody he said 4 o'clock. If my wife decides at 4 o'clock this evening to backslide and do all what she has desired or dreamed about doing, guess what? I'm not going to hell with her. And when she come back the doors of the house are going to be locked too. Y'all looking at me? I ain't smiling at me. You can't allow. And and see on the flip side of that sisters you can't allow a man To control your life. But our love is him. Well I'm glad you love is him. But he ain't worth going to hell for. Because let me tell you something. If you love him that much. And and you die. he'll, He'll set. On the front row of some, some church or somewhere, and he'll cry. He may even have a box of Kleenex. Baby, I wish you would come back, but, but once you're dead, that's it. But let me tell you something if he used that whole box of Kleenex, it's your funeral. It may be two months later. It may be three months later. It may be six months later. He's going to be with somebody else. You better hold on. And nine times out of ten, it's probably going to be one of your friends. I don't receive that you look around folk that have died and you look at who the, the spouse that was left behind look at who they end up with see now y'all ain't liking to preacher. I done took that turn and now I done had folk just drop off I got God they done dropped off now you gotta love Jesus for yourself you got to praise him for yourself. You got to commit your life to him for yourself. But whatever you do, whether you're a man or woman, don't give everybody your strength. The only person you should give all of your strength is God. For the first and great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your mind, all your heart, and with all of your strength. He the only one. Second thing is I get ready to close. Y'all ain't liking me like you were early. No, that's okay. That's okay. The road ain't always easy. I just gotta keep going. The second thing he, he said, know your ways. To that which destroys kings. Nor your ways to that which destroys kings. A sovereign. A supreme ruler. You can't have a lifestyle. That's going to destroy you. That's what she told him. You can't live in such a way that it's going to destroy you. You can't do it. But notice she put emphasis on which destroys kings because she knew his destiny was that of royalty. He was the son of David. And his destiny was tied in to being what his father was. But see, you have to look at yourself and you you, you have to say, man, God has a destiny for me. And I can't allow my lifestyle to destroy what God has ordained. For me. <laughs> you used to be this old saying. It, it sounded good but it wasn't true. I'm going to tell you what, what it is. folks. you say in church. What God has for me is. For me. Uh-oh. Not if you don't do the right thing. <laughs> God will take what he ordained for you to have. And, and if you don't. If your lifestyle don't line up with that, he'll take it from you. And he'll give it to somebody else. Yes, he will. You got to make sure your, your, your ways, that, that you, you, if, if you know God has ordained for you to be rich, you got to start carrying yourself like such before you become that if God has ordained for you to possess this, that, and the other, you have to start preparing yourself before it manifests. You don't don't wait to become something when it happens. You prepare before it even unfolds. Because understand this, when you start preparing yourself, God God will start allowing little things... Little steps to come into play. And every step you take, as long as you're in the will of God, it will be headed toward your destiny. That's the reason Solomon's daddy, David, said, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. You can't allow nobody to stop you from living the life that God told you to live in order to fulfill your your destiny. That's where you got to cut some folk loose. Because like it or not, you you got dreams, but, but if you keep hanging with folks that don't have dreams, they gonna mess around and shatter yours. You got to quit going to places that ain't helping you out, period. Why? You got to have a lifestyle to where you ain't going to be going to no empty places. You're going to be going to places that's in line with your destiny. I had to cut friends loose. Can I be honest with you? I I said about some of my friends, I said, you know what? These Negroes ain't never going to do nothing. cut them loose i "I ain't never gonna do nothing i said man i I ain't gonna be just doing this all my life and and guess what i was y'all holding on just just this just this past week and the last week as well people that i used to hang with the same thing we were doing 40 plus years ago Them Negroes doing the same thing now. You know what I said? I said, God, I I thank you for giving me the mind to cut them off. I said, because if I wouldn't have cut them off, I would be in that same predicament. See, you have to look at your life and you you have to ask yourself, "Is, is this what I want? Is what I'm doing day in and day out going to get me to the place that God has ordained for me to get to? And if not, you got to cut them loose. You got to cut them loose. See, if you expect God to help you with your lifestyle or your destiny, the primary thing you have to do, and I'm finna close it, The primary thing you have to do is you have to think like God, talk like God, and do according to His written and revealed will. I'm going to show you this real quick. I'm closing with this. Lord have mercy. Y'all all all right? I feel pretty good myself. 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 13. Y'all go there real quick. I'm closing with this. I just want to look at two verses. We're still talking about the last thing that uh, King Lemuel's mother taught him. Not to, get, not to give his way or to have a lifestyle that destroys kings. This is the first king Saul. I'm going to show you what happened to him. And it bears witness to what she taught her son. 1 Samuel 13, verses, verse 13 is where we'll start. And Samuel, who was a prophet, just like me. And Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. He telling this to the king. You have done foolishly. Well, what did he do? Samuel, he tells him, you have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, for now the Lord would have, get this, Establish your kingdom over Israel. How long? Can I break it down a little bit? God would have caused you to receive kingly blessings forever. And what he was saying to them, the blessings that, that you receive while you live would have went to your children. And after that, to your children's children. Blessings that you started would be upon your heirs. Get this, forever. See, folks, talk about generational curses, but you can set yourself up to where you will have generational blessings. You won't ever be to the point to where you're not blessed. You'll be just like God told Moses. He said, I'll bless you when you come in. And I'll bless you when you go out. I'll bless you in the field. I'll bless you in the city. I'll bless you wherever you go. Everywhere the sole of your foot treads or walks. I'll bless you. He said, your kingdom would have been established, notice, forever. Lord have mercy. But then, verse 14. But now, your kingdom shall not continue. You're finna be cut off. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you is your fault, son. You have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Bottom line, he didn't continue to think right, talk right, and do right, and laws everything god never intended for it to leave him but he chose to keep hanging with the wrong folk and his ultimate downfall he did what the folk what folk wanted him to do and not god i'm gonna stop right there let's give the lord a big hand of praise